0: Welcome to the jackson cloud i'm jamin i'm casey
1: and i'm olivia
0: and we are on the fourth letter to the churches to just learn more about these letters to the churches probably helpful to listen to our first episode on the church of ephesus but if you just want today's church let's learn how to pronounce it the way that they would i always say thyatira but that's because i'm reading it no no
1: <laughs>
0: Theatiara. tiara. Theatara. tiara. I'm just gonna call it Thyatira. Sorry everybody. Uh, just just the tiara. It's close enough. The tira? The tira. The tira the tira. The,
1: <laughs> the tiara. The mm. tiara.
0: I was trying to at least be close, but okay. Well, I just went to Shakira. Up. Okay. Yeah, to no, the, I noticed. To the angel of the church in Thyatira. Thyatira. Write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Which is who?
1: Jesus.
0: Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. Yep. Uh, our three phases of all the letters. One. Hello. Secondly. Eh. The <laughs> review <laughs> and then finally, uh, blessing promise. or uh, blessing or promise, yeah, to to the fullness of where Revelation is headed if you are faithful. Okay, uh, Jesus opens up Thyatira. Um, Thyatira was probably uh, Gordon D. Fee says probably the least significant of the seven cities towns to which John wrote the letter. They received is the longest of the seven. <laughs> So the least shall get the most? Yeah. This is the the weird church out in the countryside that you've heard the stories coming in about <laughs> No, just just kidding. Okay. No, it's usually the one in the city that's the weird one that has all the stories about it. Okay. Fair that's enough. That's true. Maybe. Maybe. Well either way, this one uh was the least significant of seven cities, but gets the longest review and it's not very pleasant, but starts off all right. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. Yay! In other <laughs> yeah. words, they've grown better. Well, who are they doing better than in that regard? Ephesus. Ephesus. Because Ephesus... Started out real great. But the only like big critique Jesus had on them was...
1: They lost their love.
0: You've abandoned the love you had at first. So it's interesting. Thyatira, like... You got better from when you started it. Yeah, yeah. But then there's more. Then, <laughs> but I have this against you. It's like, oh, yeah, it'd probably be minor. That you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Where have we heard that before? The previous the last one. one yeah the last sexual church over in Pergamum idols. yeah those two we're now seeing that those two always seem to go together so when we think of like um, when we think of those things we can be thinking of either temple worship where sexual immorality was practiced mm-hmm. or where you did eat foods with the demons that mm-hmm. were present in that unsacred space you could be thinking about that but you could also be thinking about sexual immorality also just being a reference to worshiping mm-hmm. the false gods because that's, that's ultimately a huge analogy throughout the Bible of what it means to worship the false gods, right? Because who is Israel's husband?
1: Jesus.
0: Yeah, well, God, yeah. And then like in the New Testament, like right here in Revelation, we get to the wedding, right? The church is the bride of Christ, right? Jesus is our husband. So what does it mean when you go off with other gods and sleep around, if you will?
1: Sexual immorality.
0: Sexual immorality of not just a physical kind, but also of a spiritual kind. Mm -hmm. So Jezebel seems to be teaching them in some way to go off and uh, worship the false gods. Sexual immorality and food sacrifice to idols, a big part of the reason I think those two things keep coming up together is because it is idol worship. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Yeah. So what do we know about this Jezebel?
0: Right. That is the question. What we know about her is right here. <laughs> this is
1: the only time she shows up?
0: Well, okay. So, in our last letter, mm-hmm. um, we had a reference to an Old Testament figure, right? Yeah. Balaam, Balak. And then this next one, her name's Jezebel. Is that her actual name? It could be. But the Old Testament has a Jezebel who is thought of in light of false idol worship, uh, messing around with Baal and things like that. So, uh, he could be just pointing like, you know who I'm talking about when I say Jezebel. You guys have someone among you who's called herself a prophetess, quite famous, you all know who this is, but, what she's teaching, first off, she calls herself a prophetess means
1: she's not. She's
0: not. not. Secondly, she's teaching and seducing my servants, so she's acting like a, a one of the false teachers, false apostles, false prophets, things like that. But then Jezebel makes us think of idol worship. Sexual immorality and food sacrifice to idols make us think of idol worship. And these are the kinds of things that she's actually doing. But then, so that sounds scathing. Like I'd be thinking like God is just ready to like. Smite. That's what it feels like when I read it. and Maybe that's not it. But then, something interesting. I gave her time to repent. I gave her time to repent. But she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Doesn't that... does that surprise you guys at all? (laughs) Like, I don't know. This just feels to me like this is a huge deal. If this happened today, somebody in one of our churches was leading people to worship idols... And either promote physical or spiritual sexual immorality, like we'd be appalled. A person mm-hmm. would lose their job. And I find it interesting that God's response is, "I gave her time to repent," and it's not even like, a, I, I, "I won't do it anymore." It's like a she she won't though. She refuses. Uh, so this this could maybe be the first time that um, this may not be the first time Jesus has written a letter to her or spoke, tried to speak to her, uh, which is interesting because it makes me think that she's not like an, like she probably thinks that she's a good person, right? Because it's not like this is a false prophet. Well, maybe, I I don't know, this is where things, just, this one's a confusing one for me, because it's like, if she's just straight up evil, <laughs> then why would you give her 10 to repent? Yeah, it makes me think like she started well, and then just,
1: lost her way and took a lot of
0: people with her. Yeah, and started following the false gods but tried to fell into their lies thinking like this is who Jesus is. She's making God in her own image, right? Mm -hmm. And now she's trying to teach others to to come with her. Um, You know what's interesting to me? I always like to point this out. Jesus does not say, and she needs to repent because she's a woman. (laughs) She's clearly a church leader or a false church leader right. I, you know again it's hard to kind of tell that but he's he's not like what does she think she's doing leading in a church when she's a woman like that's not even here that's not what she needs to repent for because again I think when you look through Jesus' instructions and even the confusing stuff even in the Paul stuff like there's the constant uh, admiration and installation of women in ministry in all different parts Phoebe's a deacon um, Got um, others serving in all different kinds of roles with Paul everywhere he goes. We won't go down that trail, I think, because we've already done a whole episode. Do we do a whole episode? If we did. Pretty it was sure a did. long time ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah, right here, one of the things against her is not that she's a woman in church leadership. It's that she's a heretic in church leadership. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, behold, I will, uh, I will throw her onto a sickbed. Those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. I feel like that sickbed word is an intentional... Um, analogy there, right? Like the place where she has made her bed, the place where she has committed adultery, slept with all these people, be it spiritual false worship or actual bringing sex into some kind of ritual in the church. I don't know. She's clearly messed things up horribly. Um, But uh, what was her bed where things were... What are you getting at, Javen? Go, going on. <laughs> now, Now that's your sickbed. That, that's where you will die, if you will. That's like you have made your own deathbed in, in ways because of that. right? Uh, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw in a great tribulation unless they repent of her works. So it's not just like that people are not responsible for their sins because they just accidentally fell under some other leader. No, like, you guys should have known better, Mm -hmm. and you need to wake up and listen. You guys will pay up for that, too. Unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. (laughs) Intense. Very much so. you, You thought your last ones were intense. I will strike her children dead. Now, but is that like her actual children?
1: See, that's what I'm wondering, because we've got this talking about um, her and her followers and then her children, but, like, is her children another way, just to say, you know, like, the people she is teaching, like, are those her children, or are we talking actual children? Because, again, like, we don't really know anything about this woman, like, Hmm. she might not even have actual children.
0: Yeah. Well, Gordon D. Fee would go your route, and I I would agree with you, uh, because... It was the same sentence, right? Those who commit adultery with her, I will throw in great tribulation. That's who we're thinking of. Those who commit adultery. Unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead.
1: Unless her children are Nephilim because her sexual (laughs) immorality is with demons.
0: Ooh, Olivia has gone straight up conspiracy theory. All right, <laughs> I've taught you too much, and now you've taken <laughs> you've taken it the wrong route.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
0: Interesting thoughts. She just, she just wanted to use a buzzword with Interesting you. Interesting thoughts. No, I thought so. aliens. <laughs>
1: I just think there's space.
0: Now at the end of this we have to put the Nephilim link Because you know, what the heck <laughs> um, But yeah it, I, My guess would be with you Is that her children My are second her, one?
1: Nope <laughs> That her children are her,
0: her spiritual children The ones that she has raised up They're the ones who have committed adultery with her um, And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart and I will give to each of you according to your works. The rest of you in Thyatira, do not hold this teaching, uh, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. To you, I say, I do not lay on you any other burden." Alright, let's pause. What are the deep things of Satan? <laughs> well, before we get to that, back it up one sentence, I give to each of you according to your works. What is the works of Jezebel and her people?
1: sexual immorality.
0: Well, yeah, I mean they're living a life towards Satan, false gods and the death that comes with them. Right? Yeah. And so, like saying like you all will face judgment, you all will die for sin, like that's that's what sin does. It disintegrates us and eventually kills us. So, it's like the turning you over to your works. So, if you're going to live that way, you're going to get that. But likewise, uh, I search the mind and heart. So if I see those of you doing the other things—love, uh, faith, service, patient endurance—the things that we said before, Jezebel, like you also get the uh, what's according to your works, right? So if you're patient, I will be patient with you also. Mm. And if you're gonna follow all this stuff that's just pulling everything apart, then you're gonna face your own end as well. Uh, but yeah, to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, so who aren't aligned with Jezebel, wow, what a church split. <laughs> like what an extravagant like problem to have in your, your church. Uh, uh, the, <laughs> Ancient times, church split. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that that's all going on in one place, right? Uh, but to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. What do you think the deep things of Satan are? Like, that's just been connected, I think, to Jezebel, right?
1: Right. It probably has to do with what she's teaching. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like we said, we don't know how purposeful this has been on her part. Like, maybe she's not realizing that these are the deep things of Satan. Mm -hmm. Yet, they are. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, do you think converting it to modern, like, you think it was like witchcraft uh, I mean, you could fit that into a lot of the analogies, but that wouldn't be my first thought, but you, you could go there. Like, are they all here uh, trying to do magic and all that? Probably not. So, But it's all that stuff, too, that's connected to the false gods. So, like... You could go that route. Maybe that's part piece of what some of them are doing. Yeah. I'm um, just throwing out a guess because I'm just, even though it doesn't say that. You know, the deep things of Satan feels like it could be a well, multitude of things. Yeah. What if the deep things of Satan are in Jesus's in air quotes? What if it's a slogan like? maybe Jezebel and her following is come to me and learn the deep things of God right what if Jesus is air quoting to like say what it actually is Mm -hmm. you heard that slogan Jezebel and her deep things of Satan you know like it could be Jesus in a sense just be like that's it's not the deep things of God it's not the deep things of me so it could be like a little bit of Sarcasm? sarcasm on Jesus' part that's what Gordon D. Fee points out, and I, I feel like that makes sense. I don't like it as much. She's not going around teaching the thinking. She's not. She's at least not going around. Follow me in the deep things of Satan. That wouldn't make right. sense, right? The church would have kicked her out for that. For sure. Right. So it could make sense, though, that like the deep things of God. Uh, no, not really. Um, could be that, but maybe not. Uh, to you, I say I do not lay on you uh, any other burden only hold fast what you have until I come the one who conquers and keeps my words until the end so this is the blessing as always that he ends on uh, to him I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces even as I myself have received authority from my father and I will give him the morning star he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to him longest letter Strange stuff. Like, even the blessing is longer than the other blessings. Right. And we said, what? Didn't we say this was like the least, uh, no least significant of the seven cities that John writes to? So, what the heck is going on over there?
1: <laughs> A lot. Yeah. Apparently.
0: And why is the blessing at the end so much longer to like, you know, you'd almost think that that one belonged with the ones who you're going to go to jail for 10 days. Right. <laughs> Uh, but here it's like Jesus is really trying to call them out of it, right? Like, come on, guys. Like, this doesn't need to end this way. Like, you can still fix this. Jezebel herself has a chance to fix this if she's willing to fix this. Um, but the one who conquers, which Jesus has constantly used so far to talk about uh, the resurrection, that death is not the end, but you are actually conquering Satan if you are murdered, uh, who keeps my works until the end, to him keeps my works until the end. That's also important I think for today's church to hear cuz we often we would say keeps my f- faith in me until the end. Which is also true and has already been said in the other ones. But here instead of talking about faith to the end Jesus is talking about works to the end. Does your faith consist of works? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to own up to it. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, yes, it should. Yeah. There, is that better? Yeah. yeah. I, again, I think E.P. Sanders said it best, and I'm probably going to mess up the quote, but Faith? <laughs> no! Just
1: Google it. I'm just
0: going to pull it up. I know you don't Wriggler want to get it wrong? Sanders posts. Shaming. Okay, there you go. Salvation is by grace, but judgment is according to works. Works are the condition of remaining in, but they do not earn salvation. Nice. You ever hear it said like that before? When you posted it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you liked it right there. Yeah. See? Good for you. The book that really changed my life on understanding grace and works is Salvation by Allegiance Alone by Matthew W. Bates which E.P. Sanders was the one who first really started pulling this out. So everyone who works on this pulls back to Sanders. But I'll read it again, read it again. Salvation is by grace, but judgment is according to works. Works are the condition of remaining in, but they do not earn salvation. So when you see Jesus right there, uh, keeps my works until the end. I would say that's not like an overstatement Because there are too many passages throughout the Bible where Jesus is like, Yeah, I don't know who you are, you workers of lawlessness. Depart from me. You didn't serve the poor, the naked, the hungry. You didn't serve me. All these moments where works are not a part of people's lives, and it's as though they try to turn faith into a magical incantation of saying something but not living it out. Jesus right here calls them to keep their works until the end. And those who do get authority over the nations will rule them with the rod of iron. Now, Jesus is the one with the real authority, right? That's, that's a big deal because Jesus in Revelation, like we always think like uh, one day, um, you know, it'll just be Jesus and then we all report to him. And that's absolutely true. I don't know why I said that like that wasn't gonna be true. <laughs> but Jesus, as we see right here, he shares his throne. He shares his authority. That there are other people being given authority over nations. There's other kings. There's other uh, uh, ruling authorities that God will delegate to. Um, and then those who conquer, they will rule with a rod of iron. I'm confused. What? What's the rod of iron significant for? Uh, wouldn't that be... That, isn't that a call back to the Messiah? Yeah, where David is told in Psalm 2... Uh, Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Um, That's... uh, uh, The Lord said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. In other words, it's a way of saying to David and to the son of David that is to come, the authority, the scepter, the rod of iron will never depart from the line of David. So, when Jesus... Quotes about how we have the rod of iron. We know that, A, he's quoting the psalm about the Messiah. But that's also a call to uh, Jesus saying, just as I have the rod of iron and authority over everything, giving it to you as well. That's powerful. It's no wonder that Paul at one point said that one day we'll judge angels. Right. So look, look what we were just called. You know, Jesus shares his... His authority with us. He shares his throne. He shares his staff, and I will give him the morning star, which is going to make Casey go crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, but if we were to go to 22:16 really quick, okay? No, nope, that's not how you do it. In Revelation 22:16, here's where we see morning star show up again. Oh my gosh, I can't type. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for your churches. I am the root and the descendant of David. Hey, that was just there. The bright morning star. Hey, (laughs) that was just there. So, Revelation, between Thyatira and the end of Revelation, there's like this callback to Thyatira, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, no weapon. Yeah. All of the (laughs) work... All of the words that Jesus is going to use throughout these blessings and whatnot are going to resurface throughout Revelation. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting book where, man, just the writing of it is so complex. Like, I'm going to put this here. I'm going to come back to this. (laughs) It makes you think John had to do the letters last, you know? Like, I'm going to give the blessing to each one of them now, and I know what I'm referencing in my letter. (laughs) He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Which is a phrase that's been used a lot, actually, to every church so far, I think, right? Yeah, every church coming up, too. All right, so that's our fourth church, longest letter, most unknown church. And it's uh, an intense one, but there's grace even in the midst of all that stuff. A lot of stuff that most people today would not even think about giving grace to. We would cancel culture this for sure, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. And yet, Jesus is like, I'm trying to get them to repent. <laughs> I'll even give them power if they do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we just don't think this way. Uh, that's a conviction I think would be good to sit with. Okay. Let us know what you picked up on in this letter
1: in the Discord.
0: And see if you can beat me to the first comment of this video. And we'll catch you then. <laughs>